While the concept of soulmates has been around for literally thousands of years, the word soulmate is only a few hundred years old. In researching for this episode, I dug up where the word soulmate originated. It turns out that the poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge coined the term in a letter to a young woman, writing that in order to avoid misery in marriage, quote, you must have a soulmate, end quote. Cool, but how can you tell if you found your soulmate? Are soulmates even real? And I wonder if this pressure to find a romantic soulmate is doing more harm than good. I'm Valeria, and if you're not sure how you feel about soulmates, then you are not alone. So on this show, I normally have two guests per episode. But when I was thinking about soulmates, I realized that there's really only one person I wanted to talk to. Hi, Beb. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. You make it sound like I had a choice in the matter. Actually, you did. And you made the right choice. Before we continue, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Well, my name is Gary Lipovetsky. I'm the other half of the Lipovetsky team. Um, I'm Valeria's husband. Um, you know, when you say introduce myself, I mean, what other information would you like me to disclose? No, that was good information. That's it? Yeah. I'm Gary Lipovetsky, Valeria's husband. For the purposes of this episode, Gary Lipovetsky, Valeria Lipovetsky's husband, or, you know, other half, it works very well. So you did great. Thanks. Gary and I have been married for... 10 years. Wow. He's more than my husband. He's my business partner, my co-parent. He's the love of my life. But is he my soulmate? And honestly, Gary's not sure if I'm his soulmate. It's not because we don't love each other. It's more that the concept of this idealistic soulmates feels very off to both of us. To me, When I think about what soulmate means based on what I've uh, witnessed growing up, it's very much like a fake idea. You know what I mean? Like in my head, there's always someone who has to pull someone up. So the concept of soulmate to me is just kind of like a fabricated story. So I don't think we're going to have like really contradicting ideas here because growing up, like as it's starting as a teenager and then, you know, getting into my 20s and 30s. I never contemplated the concept of soulmates and I can't, you know, just thinking about it now, I don't know how even real of a concept that is. I I don't know. It just, it sounds like a nice fairy tale, but it just sounds false. And it sounds like a narrative that I think will end up disappointing a lot of people because if they're looking for this mythical connection between two human beings on a subliminal level or on a spiritual level, I, I don't know necessarily that that exists. Like I said at the start of this episode, humans have been wondering about soulmates for thousands of years. For instance, from the Gujarati language spoken in India, we find the word leno. Leno refers to a karmic link between two souls, repeatedly drawing them together. Or there's the Irish word bashert, which refers to a spouse that is divinely ordained. Marrying your bashert means fulfilling your destiny. I personally feel like one of the main things that sets our modern romantic idea of soulmates apart from these older definitions is the guarantee of constant bliss. It's like finding your romantic partner means that you find your happily ever after. 
Gary and I both hate that pressure to be happy. This concept of happiness, I feel like sometimes is, you know, like making us even more unhappy in a way, because it's yeah, really not about being happy every single day. That's unrealistic. And I don't think it's like a part of the human experience to have that all the time. But again, it's just something that is projected to us from marketing and society and whatever. So we're constantly like seeking for it. Well, because it's marketable, right? Because, of course. Because people want to produce, especially in this industry of content creation, you want to produce content that people are going to want to consume. So everybody wants to like learn how to be happier. A 2014 study showed that people who believe in soulmates or their perfect match actually have a harder time dealing with conflicts and experience a lower level of relationship satisfaction. So the expectation of romantic bliss actually decreases your chances of experiencing it. That's wild. And I don't know if the modern concept of soulmates has done more harm than good, but I do know that it shaped both Gary and mine's expectation for romance. I wanted to also understand from your own childhood, like how did your childhood shape that perception of soulmates? I guess I'd have to really dig deep and try to remember what my perception was. I think because I'm at the age that I'm at now and have gone through the experiences I have now, maybe I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say jaded, but maybe more realistic about it. I think if I had to look back and think about my experiences as a teenager and as a young adult, yeah, I probably had this, these kind of stars in my eyes that somebody would materialize in my life that I would just have this unspoken connection with and it would be love at first sight and it would be all of these magical things. But to tell you the truth, that was my experience when I met you. And that right there is why I can't totally dismiss the concept of soulmates. Because as much as Gary and I are skeptical, the way that we feel about each other feels extraordinary. In the literal sense, beyond ordinary. So for the rest of the episode, I want to explore my love story with Gary and really try to figure out if we're soulmates or something else. Because to be honest, when Gary and I first met, Neither of us made a big first impression on the other. What happened was you were in town. You were in from New York. You were in town visiting your mother. And everybody, it was a long weekend. Everybody was out of town. And I was the only person you knew. Mm -hmm. And your friend was visiting from Israel. Mm -hmm. So you contacted me to basically take you guys out and entertain you. You didn't like me at that point. You just wanted, you had nothing to do that night. I know, but I liked you as a person. And then when we went on to that dinner and we had a conversation and we like, you know, opened up to each other, that was nice to me. And then I saw a side of you that I didn't had a chance to see before. So that to me kind of where all of this happened. But yeah, for me, it wasn't this like love at first sight and this like immediate connection because it was just, you know, in a scenario where we didn't have a chance to even really connect. So we went out, there was another, there was your friend and my friend who came with us. Mm -hmm. They then left and you stayed behind mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. And when we were at the, I guess you call it a bar or a lounge, wherever we were. And when we had that drink and then you and I kissed for the first time, at that point, at the moment that we kissed, I knew you'd be my wife. At that mm. point, I knew it. I just knew it. Because when I saw that, that you reciprocated, and the thing is, it was a very like natural kiss. So, you know, if we, if we kind of tie this back to this whole conversation of soulmates, I mean, if as a practical person, I don't believe in the concept of soulmates, the two souls can, you know, mm -hmm. have this 
magical connection and energies travel through air to connect people, that moment, that singular moment, I felt that the universe aligned and I had found the person that I'm going to spend my life with and create more life with. After that kiss, our relationship rapidly accelerated. In just two months, Gary and I were engaged. A year later, we were married. I knew what I wanted our marriage to be, or at least what I didn't want my marriage to be. So for me growing up, I mean, you, you know the history of my family and what was presented to me as a child. Um, I grew up with a very strong mother figure and a very fleeting father figure. I had a few of them throughout my childhood and they were good, but uh, it was a very weird dynamic because it wasn't this traditional, it was kind of like a traditional looking, but underneath or like behind closed door, it was just like a very messy relationship. And I feel like a lot of what I seen throughout my childhood affected my decisions and what I wanted for myself in the future. So I feel like I kind of decided to take a completely different approach to how I choose my partner, what it is that I'm looking in my partner. And it's interesting because even though I feel like I chose a completely different direction, I still struggle with certain things that I carry from kind of my childhood when it comes to relationships. Sorry, what different direction did you choose? I don't understand. You, you, you got married. And you have a husband. How is no, it? I got, how I got is that married. a different direction than your mother? She just did it more times. She did it more times, but she also chose people that she needed to fix all the time. You know what I mean? You didn't feel you needed to fix me? No. Okay, that's good news. All right. <laughs> then that's the thing. I wasn't looking for a project because I've seen my mother throughout my life, you know, taking these projects on, mainly for survival purposes, to be honest. For me, being a wife means being a partner. It means having someone to share and survive the world with. Gary, on the other hand, views things a bit differently. So what does a, being a husband mean to you? A husband is to prioritize your wife over yourself, always, at all costs. Interesting. That's what it means to me. It doesn't mean it's universal. Yeah. I think, more men, I think the world would be a better place if more men thought that way. I don't know if it's too personal, but that wasn't what I experienced growing up. When you look at, can I, when I look at the relationship my, my parents had, my father did not prioritize my mother. And I think like I grew up kind of resenting him, not even the fact that he didn't prioritize me, but the fact that he didn't prioritize her. Even though we viewed marriage differently, our dynamics still worked. After all, our wedding didn't fundamentally alter our relationship. It just intensified what was already there. We were still just Gary and Valeria. Until one day we became Gary and Valeria and Jake. I feel like we started our lives as a couple so fast. You know, we 
we planned, you know, Jake, but we didn't think it's going to happen that so fast. So when you, when you say that we planned Jake, I just for the record, we planned all three of them. No, we all planned all of them. But with Jake, like we didn't think we're going to get pregnant that fast. So I thought we we're going to have a I, bit more time. When you you say, did. No, I just thought it would take like, I don't know, not At days. At least a few months. I, I thought it know. would take maybe a couple of weeks, not days. Gary and I have three sons now and we are officially outnumbered. And while co-parenting is such a rewarding experience, it's also so exhausting. It challenges you on a fundamental level and very much forces you to confront yourself and your behavior in a way you've never had to before. Do you ever see those pictures? Like I've seen like pictures on Instagram mm -hmm. of like, you know, people before they had kids and then people after they had kids and they look like they were hit by a truck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So I think that's very real. I think that's very real. I think that changed me a lot. Having children and quite frankly, like dealing with all of the complexities, like you're dealing with new humans that are just still trying to figure themselves out and they're emotional and they're illogical. And not only that is that they're also, you know, it puts you into question about a lot of things about yourself. I can say that our kids just really put a huge mirror in front of me. And there's so many situations where they're constantly make me go back to myself and just ask these questions of like, why am I behaving this way? Why am I feeling this way? Why is this triggering me? Like it's this constant, it's exhausting. <laughs> I think that there's this assumption that having a baby ruins your relationship, but that's not necessarily true. A recent study in Denmark showed that new parents found that parenthood actually strengthened their relationship. Over 50% of participants reported that they now felt that their relationship was part of something bigger than themselves. Parenthood gave their relationship a larger purpose. You think you're kinder now? Yeah. Yeah. I feel kinder like to who? To you. I feel like I'm softer. Like because I, I understand sometimes I see certain things in you and now that we have kids, I kind of see like sometimes you behave a certain way and I'm like, okay, this is like something that's coming up for you from your own childhood. You know what I mean? Like there's certain traits in you that before maybe I didn't have the capacity to understand and now I understand them. So I think that for me, parenthood changed our relationship in that way where I'm not as black and white about things. I'm not as like cruel about things. I'm not like taking them at face value. I understand that it's coming from different places. So I actually find that it gave us an opportunity to connect deeper to each other and to, you know, talk about certain topics and talk about certain things that we really feel deep inside. We all evolve with time. We become different versions of ourselves as we learn and grow and heal. And when two people are walking through life together, you commit not only to who they are now, but to who they will become. To no surprise, I see those changes more dramatically than Gary. Like, did motherhood change the way you see me? You're the same person in my eyes as you were before we had kids. Gary doesn't just see me as I am in this moment or the one before. He sees who I am at my core, my soul. For over 10 years, our devotion to each other has remained consistent no matter what life threw our way. And isn't that ultimately what a soulmate should be? 
Are we soulmates? Yeah. Again, it, it really depends on I, I don't I don't subscribe to the to, to any definitions that I've seen yet. By your life. definition, are we soulmates? By my definition, are we soulmates? Well, if by my definition, every morning when I wake up and I look over at you, I'm happy and thankful that you're there. I can't imagine you not being there. And it, it may not even be a healthy thing for me to say, but you are the definition of my existence. Like I exist to serve your happiness, which is like a very weird thing. And so, you know, as strongly as I feel about doing everything to benefit you, if that makes you my soulmate, then yeah, then you are my soulmate. I don't, I just, I've never met anyone who feels as strongly about their wife as I do about you. At least no one's ever articulated it to me. Maybe behind the scenes they do, and I'm just the only one who's willing to say it. Mm. But I've never seen this before. I hope you start a movement of men expressing. I don't think women are ready for this kind of thing. I think we are. I like that Gary has his own definition for soulmate. Here's mine. A soulmate is someone who creates that safe space for you to explore, to flourish, to grow. And when I'm with Gary, my whole being feels safe. Not only can I be myself, I can become myself when I'm with him. So yes, Gary is my soulmate. That doesn't mean he's my other half or my happily ever after. Fate didn't choose him for me. I chose him. We chose each other all those years ago, and we still choose each other every day. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me? <laughs> yeah. This is a question. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast, Valeria Lipovetsky. You're welcome, Gary Lipovetsky. Not Alone is produced by Valeria Inc. and Frequency Media. Thank you to everyone involved and thank you for listening. I'm Valeria Lipovetsky and always remember, you are not alone.